Gitin, Perik Hay, Mishnah Base 5-2, and the Mishnah continues to discuss various Tikkuneha Olam enactments the rabbis made for the general good, and the enactments of this Mishnah really come to limit the scope of what we said in the previous Mishnah to a great degree. Um, it introduces the concept of Nechasim Mish'ubadim, encumbered properties. So the scenario is something like this. Let's say we have Reuven who owes money to Shimon. And we saw in the previous mission that could happen in a variety of ways. Let's say one possibility is that Reuven broke Shimon's nose or broke his car. That's He's a mazik, and he has to pay from his idus, his best of his property. Or Reuven could have loaned money to Shimon and then, um, sorry, borrowed money from Shimon, and then he just didn't pay it back, in which case Shimon has recourse you know, to Reuven's benoness, his average good property. Now, in the event that Reuven goes and sells his property. So that doesn't mean that, that Shimon is not protected. Automatically, when Reuven has an obligation to uh, Shimon, uh, assuming that it's a publicly known obligation, as the language of Chazal talk about it, it has a kol, it has a voice, meaning the public could know about this obligation. So in the case of Hezek, damages, that would always be the case. If Reuven punched Shimon and broke his nose, people would know about it. It's a public affair. If Reuven broke his car, broke broke Shimon's car, people know about it, it's a public affair. Or if um, Reuven borrowed money from Shimon with a contract and witnesses, like a milva bishtar, um, it's also public because there's, it's a public and all thing, there are witnesses and so on, as opposed to a milva, a a loan made not with a contract, just a verbal loan, alpeh, just a verbal commitment, that would not be covered by this. But assuming that it's a public affair, there's a kol, so then, kufav lamed kol, so then, the even if Reuven goes and sells his property, the property remains encumbered, mishubad, like it has a lien to make good on the obligations that Reuven had to Shimon. Which means that in the event that um, Shimon's saying, Reuven, you owe me money, Reuven says, well, I have no money, and I used to have a property, but I sold it to Levi. Shimon can go to Levi and say, listen, Levi, those are nechassim mishubadim, those are encumbered properties, um, and as much as... Reuven owed me money when he sold it to you, and therefore I have like first lien, and you have to make me whole by giving back the property or some other way. So that's the case we're talking about over here. So the Mishnah says, while there is such a rule that nechasim mishubadim, encumbered properties do um, always have a like an obligation first to whoever had a previous, to whomever the previous owner had an obligation, um, and that's a doraisa obligation. Truth is, nechasim mishubadim is like a doraisa concept. So here it's going to be limited. And the Mishnah here says, Shimon doesn't have recourse to the encumbered properties that Levi purchased from Reuven unless Reuven has no nechasim b'nechorim. That means, literally means b'nechorim are free men, but it means unencumbered properties. Meaning if if uh, Reuven has some other property, free and clear, so then... Shimon has to go and collect from that property, and he can't go and collect from the property which is now in Levi's hands. Aphilahin Ziboris, even if all that's left in Reuven's hands is really grade C, poor quality property. So again, now Mido Oraisa, um, this concept of Nechasim Meshubadim always applies. The point of our Tikkun Olam here, this Takana, is that in the previous mission we said, if Reuven was Mazik Shimon, breaking his person, damaging his person, or damaging his property, so he'd have to pay from Idis the best of his property. If he had an Idis property, which he sold to Levi, 
and it's a Meshubad in truth, if he still has Zibora's property, low-grade property that he owns free and clear, that Reuven owns free and clear, so then Shimon cannot go to uh, Levi, even though um, we said previously it should go from the Idus to get, get repayment, but here we're saying he cannot go to Levi to get repayment from the Idus if, in fact, Reuven still has some, even Zibora's land of his own, low-quality land of his own, that's to protect purchasers like Levi. And again, that's true um, both for Hezek, which would damages, which would entitle the victim Shimon to get from Idus, or a default alone, a Lova, um, or Malva, I should say, the Malva Shimon can't get repaid, so he can he should get Benonis. Um, we said we'd raise the the rabbi said we should raise it to Benonis, so people shouldn't hesitate to give loans. But um, if there's any property at all still in the hands of uh, Reuven who owes the money to Shimon, we should collect from his property rather than go to Levi um, and take from him, because that would mess up Levi, and we don't want that to happen. Okay. Further says the Mishnah. Oh, by the way, and a separate din that comes out of that, by the way, is if um, Reuven sold a series of properties, one after the other, after the other so each time, um, like the sort of the liability shifts down, so ultimately... Um, since it's like this, before he sold his last property, that would be the one which should be there to pay off Shimon. Um, so then if he sells that one also, Shimon only has recourse to the last one sold. And if that's not enough, then the second to last one and so on. Okay, same based on the same principle. Now, a separate din all to itself here, which is, which means if if Shimon now is owed money from Reuven and Reuven died and left over his estate to his heirs, so Shimon cannot claim, um, cannot force the heirs to give from property other than from Zibura. So what are we talking about over here? This is again a Tikkun Olam, it's a Dinder Abana, but it's very limited. Now here's what's happening. A person's property stands, um, is encumbered to whatever he owes at the time of his death. So the heirs inherit not just the assets, but also the liabilities, and therefore the land should have to be used to, it's encumbered and has to be used to pay back whatever the father who died, Reuven, owes to Shimon. Um, the specific case of our Mishnah where we have a Tikkun Olam is as follows. In the event, so the, any rational heir would say, would sell his, you know, his worst quality property and get the cash and give it to the, and give it to the, uh, to Shimon who's asking for the money. Um, that would be fine, um, even if we have some din which would say that, fine. Like, even, even remember, even if, let's say, for example, they, they had, let's say, some good and bad property, some Idus and Ziburis. So even if Reuven had been a mazik and damaged, um, excuse me, if, even if Reuven had been a mazik and damaged Shimon, and Shimon wants to collect from his Idus, so the heirs will say, listen, we can pay you cash, so we'll just sell our Ziburis and give you the cash. We, don't, we want to keep the Idus for ourselves. But in the event that the heirs are children, they're yesomim, they're minors. So you can't expect children to be able to negotiate a good price um, of what they inherited. And therefore, to protect the heirs who are children, we say that any claims on the, in the inheritors, the heirs, have to accept ziburis, low-quality property, and then go and deal with it themselves. And that's sort of to protect the children from getting a, you know, being taken advantage of. And that's the Tikkun Olam. So that means, let me speak it out, there's a difference in terms of the a Mazik versus a, a Malva, a, a Nizik, a damaged party versus a, a Malva, an unpaid you know, a lender who hasn't been paid back, a creditor. The difference is as follows. If we're talking about a Nizik, 
a person who's been damaged, like his nose got broken, he wants to collect, um, you know, for the medical bills, etc. So then that is an enactment to protect the children. Let them give him Ziboris instead of what he wants. He wants Idus, they can give him Ziboris, and then let him, the Nizak, deal with it them, deal with it himself rather than the children. In the event they were talking about a, a Malva, a creditor, so really now Me'ikar Hadin, from the Torah already, he should have, he has to accept Ziboris, and there's not really a Tikkun Olam enactment here. The reason is as follows. As I said in the previous Mishnah, you know, money is money and value is value, and if you owe someone money, Medorai says you should be able to pay them back, whether it's with Idus, Benus, or Ziboris. And therefore that's true for loans as well. If Reuven owed him money because he barred and didn't pay back. He has to pay with whatever he can, and even Ziboris should be acceptable in Midoraisa. Midorabadan, they raised the bar, and they said, no, you have to pay back with Bainanis so that people shouldn't hesitate to lend money. But now we're talking about heirs of the estate. No one, when he lends money, and normal people don't think, well, what happens if the person borrowing money from me dies and I have to collect from the heirs? And if I have to collect from Ziboris, I won't make the loan. So since people don't think that way, when the rabbis made the enactment to say, that creditors get from Bainanis that didn't include to um, heirs of creditors. And that being the case, there's no obligation, Midurabun even, for the heirs to pay with anything other than Ziburus to settle the debts of their father. So that being the case, um, that wouldn't that would be Meikra Din, they could pay with Ziburus and not with it's not some kind of Tikuna Olam that would allow for heirs, even children, the minors, to pay a creditor of their fathers with Ziburus.